0: happy friday to everyone it is time for mlb live before lock greg man how are you doing this friday morning
1: man and strategy show not live
0: before strategy lock. Show, we're, yeah, we're, getting a, we're
1: getting ahead our of ourselves well that, that's that, that's
0: later on today. That's
1: yeah, later today fast forwarding a little bit huh? <laughs> doing good though we've got uh got an interesting slate of baseball games especially because there's so many double headers because all the games that were you know canceled last week and whatnot so we've got a ton of games you played today, but there's actually only nine games on tonight's slate because there's like six double headers or something ridiculous.
0: Yeah, I know. That's when I was uh, doing an early bird last night. I was like, man, we got a lot of double headers today. <laughs> uh, you know, so I, cause at first when, uh, what I like to do before we start doing these shows, I do just some dummy crunches, just kind of see what comes up. And I'm like, hold on, why are so many Yankees coming? I'm like, oh, that's right. I'm doing the wrong crunch for the, the wrong slate. But, yeah, you got you to gotta make sure you're taking care of that. Of course, uh, we are sponsored by Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports. We'll tell you a little bit about Yahoo as we do go on throughout this show. But as Greg mentioned, it is a nine-game slate, by the way. If you have any questions, comments, uh, you can leave those right here in the YouTube chat. Also, over on the premium Slack account as well. i got that right in front of me. So, we are here to talk about it. But, you know, before we get into um, – what's going to happen tonight let's talk a little bit about last night uh you know kind of some notable performances I, I think notably if you took a chicago white sack white Sox stack you put yourself in a great position anderson had a homer three hits a braille homer two hits and carcion had a home run so if you went with that white sock stack last night you did pretty well for yourself
1: yeah and, and elo i mean not Eloy. uh louis robert hit a hit a home run to the moon i think that was one of the longest home runs hit so far this year I didn't look at what the final stat ass data was but at least to my naked eye it looks like it went 600 feet he hit it very far very long that was that was kind of what broke that game open because it was like a three or four run game at the time and then he set the score to like 11-3 or something that was that was pretty much a wrap and that that's also what sealed White Sox stacks being the GPP winning lineups
0: yeah, it was uh, other uh, no performance from last night. Uh, two pitchers I'll mention, Clayton Kershaw, eight strikeouts and six innings pitch, and Zach Greinke, uh, nine strikeouts and six innings pitched.
1: Yeah, Kershaw is a, a guy who uh, I think a lot of people keep kind of wanting to write him off as a top-end pitcher in baseball. Not so that anybody thinks he's bad, except a lot of people kind of think of him as, hey, this is a guy who's getting older, came into the year with a back injury, was scratched from his first start, and people just keep thinking like, hey, Kershaw really good, but maybe not that Cy Young contender anymore. But he keeps kind of reinventing himself. He's so clever. The breaking ball is still really good. So even with the drop in velocity, he's still he's still in the mix in the in the Cy Young race in the National League.
0: Yeah. It's uh any any your noble performances that stuck out to you besides those three?
1: Um, oh, I remember uh from from yesterday. So the Mets, it's not that they scored like a million runs against the Yankees, but they were priced ridiculously low on DraftKings. Like almost everybody on the team was like close to min price, and it was really odd because they're going up against Jay Happ, who isn't a terrible pitcher, but he's not great either. And for some reason, like Todd Frazier was like 2,100, he homered. J.D. Davis was 2,800, he homered. So the Mets ended up being a really good value stack to kind of let you fit in any pitchers you wanted just because the pricing was so was so weird there. It, like there was no reason that all the players in the lineup should have been priced between like 2,000
0: and 2,800. Yeah, but, uh, you know... The White Sox stack to me was my biggest takeaway from last night. If you did that, and of course, we will talk about uh, stacks as we go throughout this show. I'll let you know, free premium content today over at is a MLB top stacks tool. So you definitely want to take advantage of that free premium content that we do have on the site. We always have free premium content every day that you can check out. So, but uh, without further ado, let's get right into it, Greg. Up first, we got the Phillies and the Mets.
1: Uh, so the Mets do not have quite the same cheap prices that they had yesterday. They're a little bit more priced up going up against Jake Arrieta. Uh, Jake Arrieta, by no means a great pitcher, but um, probably about comparable to Jay Happ. So I I just thought it was so weird, all those prices on the Mets, and they've kind of bounced out to more normal levels today. Um, I think both these offenses are okay. I don't have any interest in either of the pitchers. If we look at the Mets side, I, I want to focus on the left-handed bats. So Brandon Nimmo has been leading off 4,300. He's viable. Uh, Robinson Cano, who's been hitting really well this year. He's at 4,600, a little expensive, except I think that he's okay to roster. Uh, Jeff McNeil at 3,500 per dollars, probably my favorite play in the Mets lineup. Uh, That's my interest in the Mets is with some of those left-handed bats. Pitchers in this game, like I said, no real interest and offenses are okay, but not necessarily priorities for me.
0: Yeah, we were, uh, me and Adam were talking about that last night, that this was not a, a game that you were going to look at pitchers. Um, you know, if you're looking to save some money, say that SP2 slot on, on DraftKings, that, you know, there, there's better, there's better routes to go than either one of these guys. I guess we about the yeah. best way to put it.
1: There's, there's a few uh, SP2s I actually like a lot on this slate. So I, I didn't actually listen yet to the podcast you did with Adam, but I'm, I'm kind of curious as we go along, when I mention some of the SP2s, I like if it matches up <laughs> with what his thoughts were.
0: Yeah, there's uh, there's two, I will say, options under it's, 7K that we it's, mentioned.
1: It's probably the same two guys. I like One thing that's really funny when you kind of do these shows and stuff with some like-minded people is you find out that even though we won't discuss stuff, ahead of time a lot of times we'll kind of talk with each other after the fact and we just end up liking the same people for the same reasons even if we didn't talk about it beforehand so i, I have a i have a good feeling that he likes somebody like yusuke kakuchki for uh for tonight
0: yeah yeah well and and as i pull up the ownership figures we're not the only ones who like them tonight
1: uh yeah not really a surprise, but there's just some bad pricing on the slate for drafting some guys
0: who are too cheap so Yeah, I mean, he's – yeah, we have him as the second-highest owned pitcher at this point. You know, that's telling something. You know, let's talk a little bit about the bats with Philly and and the Mets a little bit more. Uh, You know, looking at our top stacks tool, you know, the Mets are up there as one of those top stacks. Um, You know, and even the Phillies are up there as well. And and I think it has a lot to do with the pitching matchup in, in this one. Um, you know, I would probably, for me, I, I would look more the Mets than I would the Phillies if I'm looking at a sack.
1: Yeah, same. I mean, I think that there's some reason to consider the Phillies. bats just because Rick Porcello stinks. Like, he still has some name value. And I kind of wonder, like, where would he be if he didn't have that one year where he, like, unjustly won a Cy Young? Right, because I still think that's carried him to so many to so many other teams in the league where people are like, hey, let's give Rick Porcello another chance. Former Cy Young winner, Rick Porcello. When, I mean, in reality, he's, he's a 6.0 ERA this year, a 5.52 ERA last year. He's, he's just, he, he had one good year, and it's just carried him for for a really long time throughout the big leagues. Uh, he has gotten a little unlucky this year because he's a 389 Babbitt, but he gives up a ton of hard contact. So I think it stands to reason that his, uh, his BABIP is going to be a little bit higher than normal at this point in his career, and that's what we've seen over the last few years also. Uh, so on the Philly side of the game, yeah, like there are guys we could roster. The issue is just they're really expensive. Like Bryce Harper, 6,100. JT Real Muto is 5,200. Uh, if we get down in the lineup, like Jay Bruce is a decent one-off because of his power upside of 2,700. He's a cheap guy who has potential at a homer. Uh, it, it's just hard for me to reason Philly stacks because of how expensive some of these guys are, and there's just offenses that I do think are overall in better positions.
0: Yeah, that was kind of my thing with the top – when you look at the top two salaries of you know, how do you create – a Philly, can you can you create a Philly stack that doesn't have a sixty one hundred dollar Bryce Harper, a fifty two hundred JT? I mean, that to me, I mean, is is how can you create a stack when, you know, those are your top two options on the Phillies?
1: Yeah, I mean, the other option you just roster bad hitters at the bottom of, at, at the bottom of the order. Like Hazleys thirty one hundred, uh, Boehm is thirty one hundred, and it, it's hard for me to really want to invest a lot of money into those guys. So, like I said, I think the one guy that I'd want to have the most exposure to on the Phillies is Jay Bruce at 2,700. He always has the, the potential to lead a homer and a pitcher who uh, I, I think he could definitely get to
0: in Rick Porcello. Uh, in, in terms of, uh, is there anything else on this game that we haven't mentioned that uh, you want to uh, touch on? No, this is, this is
1: definitely not one of my top games on the slate that I'm looking at.
0: No, I'm with you. I mean, to me, it's, it's a game that I'm looking at hitting. I'm not looking at pitching at all. I mean, it's just, you know, I I don't, I don't think, you know, like when I did some dummy crunches a little earlier and I don't, I mean, I will tell you it was getting a lot of Carlos Carrasco getting a lot of you Darvish not really surprising either one of those, you know, the surprising thing is we'll talk about this a little later. I was getting a lot of Ranger bats, which I actually like the pitching side on Seattle. So uh that that was kind of an interesting one on that one um but yeah as i kind of look at the crunches i had not not a ton of mets not a ton of phillies
1: um yeah actually it's the same for me in the dummy crunch it got a, a few a few met stacks and a few philly stacks uh but that's always going to change once i do you know some of my own inputs later but i'm, I'm sure you kind of do something similar where i'll just kind of put it in and not really put any parameters on anything just kind of see what it spits out to mm-hmm. see what the algorithm likes uh and yeah, that, that is that is also a came out. It was a lot of a lot of Darvish, a lot of Carrasco, and a lot of cheaper offenses.
0: Yeah, that's that's exactly what I do. Is I just sit there and say, let me see what this thing spits out and uh go from there. I mean, that's kind of the way that I look at it. Next up, we got Milwaukee and Cleveland. Cleveland, of course, the favorite in this one. Carlos Carrasco on the mound for the Indians. Over at Yahoo, he is $45. Of course, Yahoo is the sponsor. Of this show, they are the most trusted name in fantasy sports. They now include CSV edit and upload features. When you're looking to play those multiple lineups, make better choices, choose Yahoo daily fantasy. Let's talk a little bit about Carlos Carrasco. Uh, One of the highest uh, salary pitchers on, on Yahoo at $45. Only Flaherty and Darvish are higher than him.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, there's a couple of things to like about Darvish. I mean, about, uh, about Carrasco. Uh, Notably is that he's striking out a ton of guys this year, 11.25 strikeouts per nine innings. And then he's going up against the team in the Brewers. who, even though they have a pretty good offense, it hasn't really been on paper. It looks like they'd have a pretty good offense. It hasn't been the case against right-handed pitching. They have a 73 WRC plus against righties and a 27.3% strikeout rate. So they're actually striking out more against right-handed pitchers than any other team in baseball. And then combined with that, they're just not hitting righties all that well overall. And part of the reason for that is because Christian Yelich hasn't been very good this year. Or, like, he's, I keep expecting Christian Yelich to be like, oh, he's going to turn it around now, and he'll hit a home run, and I'll be like, okay, Christian Yelich is back. And then he has, like, two hitless games in a row and hasn't really been able to get going. So the matchup for Carlos Carrasco is a lot easier than we would think it would have been coming into the year. So combine that with all the strikeouts that he's getting this year, and he makes for a really solid DFS option.
0: Uh, as we look at the other side of this with Milwaukee, uh, as it is, uh, Corbin Burns on the mound. Is that I'm pretty sure if, if I remember that correctly, uh, he yep. was on the mound for now. Uh, well, you know, and obviously I I was, I think, I think we did the show together. It was either you or Terry, when he was going up against the Pirates. And I said, yeah, give me, give me, give me all this Corbin yeah. Burns. And he went out there and he had a great performance. And it was primarily because of who he's pitching against.
1: Yeah. So he's kind of an interesting pitcher and I don't mind him as just like a low owned GPP target because he's only projected for 3% ownership. And the matchup isn't great for Corbin Burns, but he's pitched really well this year. I mean, he's a 2.7 ADRA, 2.45 FIP. As for the strikeout upside, he's striking out nearly 13 hitters per nine innings. So going against the Indians, who are hitting much better now than they were earlier in the season, I'm willing to take a chance on Corbin Burns just because he's only projected for 3% ownership and he's so much strikeout upside. I think the pitching ownership is going to be pretty concentrated uh, in the field today. And it's hard to really find a lot of contrarian options that I think are legitimate plays with upside. And Corbin Burns is one of the only ones that stands out there.
0: Yeah, I mean, very favorable pricing on, on all platforms. You look across the board: eight thousand on DK, seventy-six on FanDuel, thirty-seven dollars on on Yahoo, and a one point eight five times multiplier on Super Draft. Obviously, Super Draft when you're picking your pitcher, that's kind of a, an interesting. I will tell you this: when I was looking at the Super Draft lines uh, for, for today's slate. There were some ones on pitcher. I'm like, man, there is some great multipliers on some pitchers out there. Carlos Carrasco, I think, is one of them at 1.9 times. When I saw that, I was like, okay, all right. I like the 1.9 times of Carlos Carrasco. Yeah.
1: That's definitely weird when you compare salaries across the industry. There's always ones like that that stand out. Like uh, yesterday, Taiwan Walker on FanDuel was the second or third most expensive pitcher, and he was the cheapest pitcher on DraftKings. So he was like 4800 on DraftKings, and – 9,200 on FanDuel it's like well that's that's weird so whenever anything like that stands out it's always like it's always worth looking into and trying to figure out why that's the case and so that looks like it's the case with Carlos Carrasco on Superdraft because I mean it's essentially he's priced as one of the cheaper pitchers at a 1.9x multiplier
0: We've got a couple of those pitchers between DraftKings and FanDuel today. There's a couple. There's a couple in there. You're like, okay, you know, we'll talk about Dylan Bundy a little cheaper on FanDuel than he is on on DK. So uh, there's there's a couple other ones we can talk about uh, as we go on. As you know, we look at the, the bats in this one. I think obviously you look at Cleveland, and you know, looking at our top stack tool uh, in this game, uh, we have uh, Milwaukee you be contrarian if you want to go with the Milwaukee <laughs> stack. I mean, that's about, about the best way. But uh, talk a little bit about these Indians bats.
1: Yeah, I don't really have that much interest in either side of the bats. Actually, the the, the Indians bats are projected for less ownership than the Brewers bats. And it, it's it's very minuscule. It's a 4.1 versus 3.9% difference in projected uh, stack ownership on DraftKings. On but it's hard for me to really reason either of them. Uh, I mean, if you're playing 150 lineups and you want to make like one stack of each just in case, that's fine. But per dollar, I don't think either of them are good. Uh, like I mentioned, Corbin Burns has pitched well this year. And the other issue with the Indians is they're also really expensive. Francisco Lindor's is 5400. Jose Ramirez is 5400. Um, towards the bottom of the lineup, there's some cheap guys, but I don't have interest in them anyway. And then you got like Carlos Santana's 4200. Cesar Hernandez 4200 leading off. So it, it's hard for me to really justify playing any of these guys in what I consider to be a really tough matchup. Uh,
0: Carl Santana's due for a home run. It's been a, it's been a couple of days.
1: <laughs> you, you know, it's funny. I, I know that's not exactly what referencing, but I always wonder when people ask me questions like, oh, this guy's due, do you want to play? And I'm like, what's the difference between due and cold? Like, I never understand <laughs> the mindset on, on somebody like that where somebody goes, I can't rush this guy because he's, because he's cold. And then people go, well, I have to rush this guy because he's due. I'm like, what's, what's the difference? Where's, where's the dividing line?
0: But you know if you're draft if you're if you're rostering Carlos Santana, you know what you're getting. Like you know it, it's 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 a boom bust type situation. Yeah, either, yeah. Either he's going to get you that home run or he's not, and he's not. It's good chance it's going to be, you know, a zero, a one, or a two score.
1: Yeah, and uh, for me, it's going to be none because I'm not rostering him, so it's not going <laughs> to it's not going to matter. He can do whatever yep. he wants. Well, ideally, ideally, he doesn't hit two home runs today if I'm not rostering him. But, but be, beyond that, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be playing the the offenses in this game. I don't think these are good spots.
0: Yeah, and I think the other side with with the Brewers uh, DFA Justice Smoke kind of we'll see. Um, you know, obviously they, they made an acquisition the other day, so we'll see kind of how that affects their lineup. Um, you know, I know Justice Smoke is someone that we've kind of talked about. You know, when you're looking for a, a little lower value, um, you know, I look at Cleveland, a guy like Reyes at, at four thousand. I think that that's kind of if you're if you're trying to. Not go after the five thousand plus bats in this game. To me, I think he's a guy to potentially look at. I mean, Ryan Braun thirty hundred, but I mean, look, I think it's Carrasco's going to have high ownership tonight. I mean, I think it's just you, even though there is a lot of great pitchers on this slate that I think you can go with. I still think Carlos Carrasco is going to be one of the be one of the highest owned guys.
1: Yeah, for sure, and that's that's definitely what our projections look like early in the day. Uh, I think one of the questions is when we get to him is who's the preferred option between Carlos Carrasco and Yu Darvish. And as of now I'm leaning a little bit towards Carrasco because he would dollars cheaper and is projected for 13% less ownership. Uh, both of them are great plays. Uh, but I think a lot of people who say only build one lineup, I think will be making that decision. Do you want to roster Carlos Carrasco or you Darvish? And I just look at those numbers for the Brewers offense this year and how much they're striking out against right-handed pitching. And that's what, that's what tilts me towards Carrasco.
0: And I think that's an easier decision on Fanduel. Um, because you have yeah, a, you, I, you have yeah, Darvish at, at eleven two, and then yeah. Carrasco's at nine three. So I mean, you're talking saving, you know, nineteen hundred in terms of building the lineup you want to build. It's going to be easier if you go with a Carrasco than a U Darvish.
1: Yeah, and I, I feel the same way on Fanduel and DraftKings. Even even with, though it's only eight hundred dollars price difference on DraftKings, I still lean towards Carrasco.
0: Yeah, no, I'm definitely uh, with you on that. Of course, uh, next up, we've got the White Sox and the Royals. The White Sox is the betting favorite, Uh, minus 162 against the Royals. Of course, you can check out the betting lines over at Osmo.com. Right at the top of the page, you'll see Odd Shopper. Just click on that. That'll take you to all the odds that you can check on in terms of these matchups. Uh, One of those value pitchers that me and Adam talked about is in this one. The fact that you're shaking your head, I'm pretty sure you know who I'm talking about uh, in Duning at 5,800.
1: Yeah, I don't understand why his price hasn't gone up more because he's made two starts at, you know, sub 6,000 salary. I think he was 4,500 for his first start, and then he was like 4,800 or something like that for his last start. And sure, he's been priced up a little bit for this slate up to 5,800, but he's a 2.89 ERA, striking out 13 and a half hitters per nine innings, and he draws the Royals. The Royals have an 86 WRC plus, a 24.2% strikeout rate against right-handed pitching. This is a really favorable matchup against a pitcher who's pitching really well. And he's one of the cheapest pitchers on slate. I just don't understand the pricing here. And, and the other thing too is, I mean, the backstory with him is the reason that he was so cheap for his first start was because he missed all of last year due to elbow surgery. And he was a former top prospect. There was some uncertainty in terms of how is he going to look when he comes back? How many pitches was he going to be allowed to throw? I mean, his minor league numbers are all outstanding. He always had sub three RAs and struck out well over a hitter per nine innings without walking anybody. Uh, His projections for the rest of the season all look good. I I just don't understand the salary. And I also don't understand why he's not projected for more ownership right now. Like, I mean, the initial ownership projection, he's only projected for 14%, which I would say is crazy. Except he hasn't been all that popular for his last two starts when he was kind of an obvious play also, so... I mean, who knows if, if this, if this actually holds where he's 14% projected ownership up to lock, then he's my favorite play on the slate by like a pretty wide margin.
0: Yeah, I know. I was literally just looking down, going down my list. of like, okay, where's he at ownership? And then when I saw it, I was like, wow, that's kind of, you know, especially uh, I think when you're talking about on slates where you have two pitchers, him as an SP two, especially on DraftKings at 5,800, he's three dollars on Yahoo. Like to me, that's like, it'd I would think I would imagine his ownership's got to go up as the day goes on,
1: yeah, especially because there's just going to be you know people like me and you talking about on people listening to the early bird podcast there's going to be anybody who writes an article today for any site is probably going to be mentioning uh Dane donning, so just just for that reason it's going to drive his ownership up as the day goes on uh, i I would like for it to stay at fourteen percent that would be pretty nice, but i i I very highly doubt it
0: yeah i mean I mean, look at it i mean you've had consistent in both of his starts this year, seven strikeouts. So you, you like that number, um, you know, especially if if you're looking to roster uh, a Darvish, a Bundy, a Carrasco, it makes roster construction really e- a lot easier if you have a pitcher who's priced at 5,800.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I just, I, I don't, like I said, I don't get the pricing on DraftKings. He's very obvious play for SP2.
0: Uh, in terms of the the hitters uh, in this game, obviously we talked about right at the beginning of the show how how solid the White Sox were last night. Uh, you know, looking at our you know top stack percentage and, and value and ownership, they're right up there.
1: Yeah, as as they should be. They have um, what was that five point oh six implied run total. There's only a couple of teams. Even though this is a pretty big slate tonight, there's only a couple of teams with uh, implied run total over five. So I think a lot of people are going to look at that implied run total for the White Sox uh, combined with what they did last night and just go back to them. And it's, it's hard to say otherwise because they're going up against Brady Singer. He has been not very good this year, 5.19 ERA, 5.56 FIP. And the other thing too, uh, 25.8% home run to fly ball rate. So a lot of those balls that are hitting the air against them are leaving the park. So we have a White Sox team projected for a lot of runs scored a ton of runs yesterday and look like they're in a spot with a lot of home run upside today. I, I think that's going to be that's all going to lead to driving up the ownership on the White Sox, but but for good reason. They're in a very good spot.
0: Of course, if you're looking to get access to those ownership projections, you got to sign up for an Osmo Plus MLB Weekly Pass for fifteen ninety five. That get you player projections, ownership projections, and the top pitcher tool, and so much more. These are tools that have made Alex Osmo Baker the number one DFS player in the world. It's tools that myself and Greg use on, on a daily basis. You always hear us talking about those ownerships of what we're going to look out there. We mentioned about, uh, you know, 14% uh, for Dane Dooning in this one. Um, Tim Anderson's also at 14% at, at 5,500. Do, do you like him uh, here tonight?
1: I mean, he's okay. Like I'm going to have him in stacks. Uh, the one issue with the White Sox is they're super expensive, right? Like you go up and down this lineup and they are ridiculously ridiculously priced like they're priced as if this is a course field game or something like that. And Tim Anderson's a guy, he's always at left-handed pitching better than right-handed pitching. So that's a little bit of a concern for me in terms of rostering him. He's not going to be a priority for me, although he will make it into some stacks uh, that that's the only real holdup I have with the white Sox is once I actually start building lineups, I'm not sure how easily they're going to fit in. So that's the one thing that has me unsure about how much exposure to the white Sox I'm going to get. In a vacuum, I'd like to have a lot of them. I just don't know how viable that's going to be.
0: Got to mention a couple of comments over in the YouTube chat. Uh, three run shots says, Dooney, Kikuchi, Combo, and all the bats. Yeah, if you want to put those two together on DK, yeah, you're going to literally get all the bats that, that you want there, uh, and Johnson. I, I don't mind that.
1: I don't mind that. Like, I'm usually somebody who pays up for pitching. Like yesterday, uh, when I was doing the early bird podcast uh, with EMAC, I said, the spot for kershaw is so obvious and there aren't other good pitching options later like just play kershaw in almost all your lineups like there's so much security there and upside and that's usually kind of how i go about building my lineups but i mean i I don't necessarily think that has to be the case today just because there are these cheap pitchers that are so mispriced
0: yeah john says you shouldn't be allowed to roster Dunning unless you've played him before (laughs)
1: <laughs> I I I'm I'm fine. I'm fine with that rule. And you know what? According to the ownership projections, that looks like that's what it's gonna be. Cause if he holds up to be 14%, it's gonna be the same, it's gonna be the same 14% of people that rostered him in his first two outings.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think you gotta you gotta look at is especially if you know you you necessarily don't want to pay up for you Darvish, and maybe you're hoping like, hey, maybe his his salary's gonna be, you know, his ownership's gonna be kind of crazy, and maybe you think Hey, you know, maybe you think he could get rocked up a little bit, you know, taking on the Cardinals, of course, you know, Flaherty's on the other side of this. These are the two most expensive, uh, two of the top four uh, most expensive pitchers, the top two most expensive pitchers on on FanDuel. Uh, we mentioned a lot about Darvis, Jack Flaherty, 9400 on DK, 9700 on FanDuel, $51 on Yahoo. So if you're going to take either pitcher in this side on Yahoo, you're paying up for both of them.
1: Yeah, and I think Darvish has to be the more favorable side. Uh, Darvish kind of looked like he was losing it a couple years ago, and he's totally reinvented himself with the Cubs. Uh, two big things about him, most notably, uh, that the, the walks aren't an issue anymore. Two years ago, he was walking 4.72 hitters per nine innings. That's always been a little bit of a problem with him, and now he's just thrown a lot more strikes. Only 1.67 walks per nine innings with the Cubs this year. Home runs are also way down. It was an issue for him last year. Twenty-two point eight percent home run to fly ball rate this year only six point five percent home run to fly ball rate. So all that equals to Darvish being maybe the favorite to win the NL Cy Young right now. It's probably either him or Degrom uh, that would be one two in the voting. So Darvish I think is is a really strong play. The one issue though is just how expensive he is on both sides and how many other pitchers I like that are cheaper. So I'm going to have Darvish exposure. I assume I'm going to be a little lighter than the field on him uh, projected for. nearly 50% ownership right now on DraftKings. Uh, I just, I like the cheaper pitchers more per dollar. I like Carrasco more on the high end. So Darvish is going to be maybe come like 25 to 30% or something like that in my lineups, uh, which means I like him. I just don't like him quite as much as the field does.
0: Yeah. I mean, that that's the thing that I kind of look at as I, I kind of look at the ownerships across the board. It's just, I think, especially on FanDuel with Darvish is putting him in your lineup and kind of what's that mean for the rest of your lineup in terms of what's the roster construction, what are the cheap guys, like you mentioned earlier, you know, maybe a cheap bat, like a Jay Bruce. So, you know, if he can hit, if he can get you that home run, you know, and, and that to me is is my only concern with you Darvish, but look, he's been pitching great and he might yeah. go out there and just put up a monster number. And then if you don't roster him, you're going, well, crap, I should I, I should have put him in on my lineup.
1: Not if Carrasco pitches as well as I think he will, and not if like Kikuchi and Duning do, because those guys are also in really good spots. The other thing, too, is comparing to uh, Darvish to Carrasco on FanDuel, right? So there's the 1900 price difference between the two, and the ownership is about similar. Darvish actually a little bit chalkier. But if you look at our, our top pitcher tool, the, the chance of them being the top scoring pitcher on the slate is it's almost identical, right? It's 10% for Darvish versus 9% for Carrasco. So I just consider that with the massive difference in price and the Darvish is a little bit higher owned, and to me, just Carrasco seems like the much better play for the for the slate.
0: We talked a lot about the pitching in this matchup between the Cubs and the Cardinals. Uh, what's what's your thoughts on the hitting in this one? Do you do you have a favorite bat or maybe a, a favorite combination in the lineup going up against Jack Flaherty? But that is
1: something that kind of stands out. As does this mean there's like a sneaky amount of upside in the Cubs that. Just nobody's going to roster them tonight, right? They're only projected for 2% ownership going up against Jack Flaherty, which makes sense because Flaherty is one of the better pitchers in baseball. So I find it a little curious if that that number's so high. Uh, Flaherty does have a 1.93 RA this year. The peripheral stats are not nearly as good. Uh, he has a 3.67 fit, but I mean, you look at his outlook as a pitcher, and he's always been a low, bad guy. Is Babbitt this year 188? Like, that's ridiculously low that's going to come up. But the last two years, a 242 Babbitt and a 252 Babbitt. So I think there's reason to think he's always going to be a lower Babbitt pitcher than most guys are. So I don't necessarily know that he's heading for that much regression. But I am still somebody who likes to look at the Vegas lines. And I feel like there's something I'm missing with that 4.65 implied run total for the Cubs.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, one of the questions we got in chat was about the the wind blowing out of Wrigley, you know, some favorite bats in, in the game. And, and John also mentioned about, you know, what, what Flaherty's pitch count has been so far this year about, uh, he probably won't go more than six innings. And I, I wouldn't, you know, I think that's a, a very good case there. By the way, people yeah. want to know, people want to know what you're drinking, by the way.
1: Oh, you know what? So this is actually just water. Um, mm-hmm. But I kind of think it's funny to, to drink water from this cup during the show. I usually have water bottles with me, except <laughs> I'm out of, I'm out of water bottles and I've been doing a million shows lately. So I haven't been able to go get anymore. Um, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't have said water. Maybe I should have just left it up to the imagination of the viewers.
0: So what's mimosa?
1: No, too sugary.
0: I'm not, I'm not a mimosa guy. I'm just not, you know?
1: Yeah. It's just, it's just rum and Coke.
0: <laughs> very, very simple and to the point um, Next up, uh, as we move on We'll move on to the Astros and the Angels uh, Should note, uh, over in the Premium Slack uh, News Guide, uh put in a tweet from John Morosi That uh, Jose Altuve is day-to-day after MRI on his right knee um, So obviously that is something to pay attention to and, and to monitor throughout the day Of what this Astros lineup is going to be Lance McCullers is going to be on the mound, taking on Dylan Bundy. Mentioned about Dylan Bundy, one of the the higher options Uh, pitching-wise. $10,400 on DK, $8,700 on FanDuel, $45 on Yahoo.
1: Yeah, I have some concerns about Bundy. He got off to a great start this season. Um, He struggled a little bit in his last outing, didn't generate many swing and misses, and his velocity was way down. Uh, Fastball velocity for... Bundy his last time out he was pitching against the Mariners so it was a really favorable spot he was by far the highest stone pitcher on that slate that was on August 29th uh, fastball velocity 89.11 miles per hour and that that's such a big red flag to me uh, maybe it was just he was maybe wasn't feeling well that day maybe there was you know something else that was going on maybe he was just tired uh but I look at that and I'm like boy that's that's a really big red flag for a guy I got off to a great start then kind of randomly had a bad outing against one of the worst offense in baseball with decreased velocity. So I, I'm going to be off him today. Um, I think that just because of that velocity dip there, there's a little bit of reason for me to consider stacking the Astros as a contrarian team, just because I'm worried that, is there something wrong with Bundy that's just going to make him a much lesser pitcher than he was for his first handful of starts this season?
0: Yeah, Astros do uh, come up well in in our stack. You know, on on the pitching side for Lance McCullers, the one concern that you do have is the road has not been friendly to him this year. He has pitched much better at home than he has on the road. Um, That that would be my concern with him.
1: Yeah, I I was high on him early in the year. Uh, His velocity looked good in spring training. His velocity still looks good. Just the results aren't there for him. Uh, The strikeouts aren't anywhere near what they were pre Tommy John surgery. Um, Just for those who aren't aware in 2019 uh, McCullers missed the entire season with Tommy John surgery. He was one of the top pitching uh, one of the top fantasy pitchers in baseball before getting hurt, just because he was always a guy really high strikeout numbers uh, over 10 strikeouts per nine innings. And that's just not there for him anymore. I mean, he's only striking out 7.71 hitters per nine innings this year, walking over three hitters, uh, his home run to fly ball rate is at a career high number, which is something you don't like to see. So in- until McCullers like really gets nerfed in terms of his pricing and becomes a cheap guy, I'm going to be off him for now, especially on a slate like this, where there's there's just so many pitching options. I like uh, if you want a contrarian stack, I think both offenses in this game make a little bit sense, make a little bit of sense as contrarian stacks, just because I have, I have some questions about both the pitchers.
0: Yeah, one of the uh, hitters that uh, Adam had brought up in this game, um, you know, going trying to, you know, not take one of the top options was Otani.
1: Yeah, I, I think that he's fine. The other guy who I would be interested in is uh, Joe Adele at 2100, just because well, number one, the price is ridiculous. But also, too, is that after a really slow start to his big league career and Adele was one of the top power, the top power hitting prospects in baseball, He's hit the ball much better lately. He had a game with two home runs. It was like three or four days ago. And it seems to me like he's making better contact now. He's a guy who's closer to putting it together at the big league level. So at 2100 in what might not be all that tough of a matchup against Lance McCullers, I think that he makes for a good salary saving one off.
0: Of course, be sure to uh, smash that like button right here on YouTube. Also, be sure to subscribe to the channel, hit that notification bell so when you know a new video is online. Of course, uh, we got a busy day here at Osmo. We got the uh, NBA live before lock, MLB live before lock, so plenty of content to check out here today at Osmo.com. Then we got uh, the Rangers and the Mariners. We we talked about uh, you know kind of what we like uh, on the Seattle side with this in terms of the pitching. Um, you know, Kyle Cody going for the Rangers, I, you know, to me, not going to be an eye roster. Um, you know, he's a very low end option, um, cost you a little bit more on FanDuel. I'm not sure uh, why you would necessarily go routing him. Um, but uh, obviously, uh, Kikuchi is someone that uh, we mentioned earlier, you know, and, uh, you know, his his ownership right now, 31%. So um, I expect that's going to be kind of, you know, he will have good ownership just based on his price.
1: Yeah, and I was kind of hoping he'd go a little more under the radar when I was looking at this slate yesterday. Uh, Kikuchi is a totally different pitcher than he was last year. The velocity is completely different. He changes deliver in the offseason, and the results are pretty apparent. He is the biggest velocity increase of any pitcher in the league this year. Uh, he's gone from throwing 92 miles per hour on his fastball to 95.5. Uh, the change of velocity, slider velocity, curveball velocity, everything's way up. His slider's gone from 86 to 92 miles per hour. So there's a couple questions here. He, he changed his pitching delivery does this mean he was hurt last year that didn't allow him to have his normal delivery? Like he sucked last year. He was maybe the worst pitcher in baseball and he was pretty well regarded coming over from Japan. And we've seen just such mixed results on pitchers coming from overseas where, you know, some of them are just hits right away and they're top end pitchers. Uh, some of them are good and then they fall off. Some of them just suck right away. So I think a lot of people just saw Kikuchi struggle last year and just assume, Oh, this guy's no good. That's definitely how I felt coming into the season until I saw what his velocity was in the first, in his first outing. Now the concern here is still that he hasn't, he hasn't pitched well this year, even with the better velocity. However, you look at some of those matchups, like he has had a ridiculous strength of schedule. Mm -hmm. He's pitched against, uh, bring it up right now, the Astros, the A's, the Dodgers, the Padres. So on one hand, it's like, all right, the results aren't there, but how much is that just due to how difficult the matchups have been? Like if he was pitching against weaker teams, which he has today in the Texas Rangers, what would his results look like? I have to assume they would be better. And the Rangers against left-handed pitching, 70 WRC plus, 24.4% strikeout rate. So this is a great matchup for Kikuchi. I think this is the sponsor roster him at 5,700. And I will say this, if he doesn't pitch well this time, then I'm just going to assume it doesn't matter what his velocity is. He could throw 105 miles per hour and he'll and he'll, and he'll get hit. Uh, but I think this is the story where he finally puts it together. I, I think that Kikuchi should be a quality starting pitcher going forward.
0: That was, a th- I'm glad you brought up that point because it's a point I brought with Adam. I said, I go, when you look at who he's pitched against this year, tell me the worst offense, Rockies.
1: Yeah. And the Rockies offense isn't good, except they have a couple guys that hit left-handed pitching really well. So, I mean, they have Nolan Arenado in there. They have Trevor Story. So against right-handed pitching, especially on the road, the Rockies are not going to be good. But even against lefties, they have guys who could do damage in there. So Kikuchi really hasn't been in a great spot yet. I and mean, he's been in a very negative spots so far. And I'm interested to see what he can do against a weaker offense. Uh,
0: in, in terms of the Mariners' bats here, uh, obviously you would expect that, uh, you know, we'll see how far Cody goes into the game. So you would imagine you'll likely get, you know, to the, the Rangers' bullpen pretty early on in this game. But what's your take on the Mariners' bats?
1: Yeah, I think I think this is definitely a stackable offense. Outside of Kyle Lewis, they're pretty cheap. Um, I'm gonna butcher this guy's name. Uh, Marmolejos, Marmolejos. I, I have no clue how to pronounce it. I've watched so few Mariners games this year, uh, but he, he's been batting in the middle of the lineup. He's almost min price on DraftKings. He's a good value option. Um, I, I, he's definitely somebody I think is worth looking at. Uh, Ty France is probably going to be in the lineup. They just traded for him from the Padres. I, I assume that he's going to make his way into the lineup. Uh, J.P. Crawford's been okay this year, Uh, Haggerty. All these guys are relatively cheap. I think it's going to be a good matchup because, like you said, with Cody, um, number one, I I don't think he's all that good anyway, except they're also going to get into the pretty weak Rangers bullpen as the game goes on. So I think this is a good spot to roster the Mariners. And let's see, what are they projected for in ownership? I assume not that much because nobody ever rosters the Mariners. Yeah, 2% projected ownership. So you, you could get them as a team with some upside at really low ownership.
0: Uh, then we got the Rockies and the Dodgers uh, may on the Hill for the Dodgers in this one. I mean, this is the thing with him is like, you look at his pricing. I, I just think he's priced too high on DK because we, we just haven't, we haven't seen, I, I feel like he's priced at high because of who he pitches for not actually who he is.
1: Uh, so it's two things. It's, it's who he pitches for plus his pedigree as a, as a prospect. So everybody just expects him to be one of the best pitchers in baseball, which I mean, could be the case going forward. He is ridiculous stuff. It just doesn't amount to strikeouts. He struck out more than four hitters once so far this year. And you look at his strikeouts for his last few starts, three, one, two, two, like that's just so hard to get fantasy upside out of. And that's why, even though he's a 2.83 ERA this year, he's averaging 11.7 DraftKings points per start, because it's just so hard to accumulate stats when you don't strike out anybody. Mm -hmm. And, I mean there's also going to be some regression there because the the underlying numbers and the low strikeouts it's just hard to maintain the era under three when you don't strike anybody out because eventually more of those balls are going to find holes and are going to lead to hits um so i am in a spot where i do think going forward dustin may should get more strikeouts at some point but at 8700 i'm not i'm not willing to take a chance on them. it's it's too it's too expensive like you said
0: yeah uh when we look at the bats in this game obviously uh, you know, great, great options in that Dodgers. You know, to me, every time I, I'm looking at the Dodgers stack, it's it's like, okay, who who are the cheap Dodger bats I can find to team up with these expensive bats? Uh,
1: yeah, there's not many of them, right? I mean, no. this, is a, this is a very expensive offense. Uh, the guy who I'd say is the one-off with the most upside is Jock Peterson at 3,400. He's a guy who always has potential at multiple homers. He's the one guy that I'd single out as a potential value bat. I mean, obviously, we could stack the Dodgers. We could pay up for some of these guys. Uh, but if you want to make a Dodger stack, it's probably going to have to be with with the Kikuchi-Dunning combination because the 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 bats at the top of the Dodgers lineup, Mookie Betts, 6,000, Corey Seager, 5,000, Max Muncy, 5,100, Cody Bellinger, 5,500. All these guys are good plays. It's just hard to fit them into lineups because of what their price is.
0: Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you there. Uh, anything on the Rocky side interest you?
1: No, against, against left-handed pitching, I don't mind rostering the Rockies, but there's always this weird thing with Colorado where even on the road, sometimes they're kind of priced like they're at Coors Field, and so they have a tough matchup against Dustin May, and Story's 5,300, Arnado's 5,300, Blackman's 5,600, so it, it's just hard for me to think of them as, as good plays, especially per dollar.
0: Uh, moving on, we got two more games left before we get into those two games. do want to let you know about how you can get 25% off Osmo Plus, Osmo Plus NFL Monthly with a free draft kit. All you got to do is sign up today for an Osmo Plus NFL Monthly pass for 25% off. We use the promo code SLEEPER at checkout. This gives you access to all Osmo's leading player projections, ownership projections, premium content, and more for NFL DFS. This is a limited time offer It's available through September 9th. You'll get a month of Osmo plus NFL and the draft kit eight hour rally for only $38 sign up now by clicking the Osmo plus tab on the Osmo.com homepage. I'm sure you're just like me. You got drafts coming up, take a, take advantage of this deal. Get, get the advantage of, so you know exactly who to draft uh, Of course. Uh, hopefully you didn't draft Adrian Peterson. If so, you know, you better hope he gets picked up by somebody.
1: No, I mean, if you drafted any Redskins running back, hopefully it was it was Gibson and not not Geist and not Adrian Peterson because uh, those guys are not going to score fantasy. I,
0: I would yeah. I would hope that no one drafted <laughs> Darius Geist.
1: Yeah, except he was a somewhat popular draft target like a month or two ago. Yeah, month, yeah, 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 a while ago. Yeah, yeah, it,
0: it yeah, was a, yeah. Uh, I, I forget what I was listening to today. They they were like you know they were talking about the the problem that the Redskins have last year. It's like. When well, you have two guys who are just straight up power backs, you can't run the I formation seventy five percent of the game. You
1: no, know, it, it's really funny too. Looking at some of those mentioning some of those guys like Geis and Peterson is there are some people who posted like best ball drafts from like two months ago, and just half the players are injured or just not even on the rosters anymore. Like people are like, hey, I drafted Fournette and Geis, and it's like, oh, oh, really? They, uh, yeah, they're uh-huh. not in the league. <laughs> Well, I guess Fournette is now on the Buccaneers, so I don't think he's going to play a very prominent role. And then, uh, obviously, guys probably done with football forever.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's uh, obviously today's cut down day in the NFL, so you got to pay attention to if, if you've already made your drafts or if you got a draft coming up, today is the day that you need to pay attention to. But back to baseball, two other games that we have, we have San Diego and Oakland. Uh, Zach Davies has, has, you know what, kind of sneakily had not an awful year. Uh, when you look at the numbers that he has put up uh, in his past couple, you know, two solid starts, his last two starts, if you take advantage of that, um, I, I don't know how many people rostered when he was in Colorado at 8,700, but he did fair well in that game.
1: Yeah, Davies is kind of a weird pitcher because he's somebody who I don't usually want to roster in DFS, but he limits the damage enough to the point where I don't want to stack against him either. So, I mean, most times that Zach Davies is in a game, it's just kind of like a cross off for me right? Cause he's usually fairly expensive. If he doesn't really get enough strikeouts to be an upside pitcher, but at the same time, he doesn't really give up enough runs to where I want to stack roster uh, hitters against him. So I don't really want to roster Oakland say, I don't want to roster Zach Davies on the other side. Uh, Jesus Lizardo is a guy who I've moderate um, interest in as an SP two, just because he, he's one of the top pitching prospects in baseball. He has really good stuff. He could generate strikeouts um, at 7,700. I think the price is okay there are a handful of pitchers that I've already mentioned that I like more than him, but Lazaro is a guy who I'll probably have in like 10% or so
0: of my lineups. And if you see over at oddshopper.com right there on top of the Osmo homepage, you'll see that the A's are the favorite uh, in this one. Um, In terms of the bats um, on both sides, what's kind of your take?
1: So with the with the A's bats, like I said, with Zach Davies on the mound, I don't really want to stack against him just because he limits the damage. And also, Oakland's really expensive. I mean, Loria,na Listella, Chapman, Connor, uh, Olsen, th- those guys are all priced over forty five hundred, so they're pricey. And then on the Padres side of the game, I, I don't really want to make a habit of stacking against Lazardo, even though he's really young. I think going forward, he's going to be like a number one to number two pitcher. And is probably going to be a guy who's a really strong DFS asset because I think he's going to be a guy who strikes out a lot of hitters. So I'm just never going to be targeting him very heavily in terms of against him, I mean.
0: No, I get you on there. Um, And then our final game of the night is the Dimebacks and the Giants. Uh, Taylor Carr going for the D Backs, and they've got Tyler Anderson going for the Giants.
1: Yeah, I actually don't mind the Giants as a stack. Uh, in this game, uh, one thing also of note, I wonder what Alex Dickerson's ownership is going to be because he had that three home run game uh, the other day in Coors Field, and he's still relatively expensive at 3900 It's pretty crazy. I, I posted on Twitter his numbers before and after that game. Dickerson went from having a career low WRC plus, I think it was like 87 going into that game, and then he had a 133 WRC plus after the game. So just because of one game at Coors Field, he went from having a career worst to a career best season, which, I mean, that'll happen sometimes in a – in a shortened year but still that was that was how ridiculous thing it was also the other thing the cowards the rockies who walks somebody in the eighth inning when they already have three home runs just throw them right just just throw just throw the the pitch over the plate and see what happens you can't you can't walk somebody in that situation uh, so that was that was a little bit of a of a bummer not that it really mattered for fantasy because you needed to have Alex Dickerson to win a GPP that night anyway but I would have liked to have seen a fourth home run um, but for the pricing here, I mean, Dickerson 3,900 Longoria 39, Brandon belt, 4,000. Uh, I think there's a lot of guys who are worth looking at and Taylor Clark at 4,800. He's just kind of a glorified opener type pitcher. He's not going to work deep into games. He's also not particularly good. The Dimebacks don't have a great bullpen behind him. So I, I think the giants make some sense. The other thing also is that Oracle park is playing much more favorable towards hitters with the fence moved in than it has in previous years, where it was just an extreme pitchers park.
0: Yeah, that's obviously something to pay attention to. By the way, if you do have any questions about these games, be sure to fire those up, whether it's in Slack or here on YouTube as well. Be sure to smash that like button. Really do appreciate it. Let's try to get those uh, likes up here. Before we get out of here, of course, we'll be here for the next couple of moments. Uh, In terms of – let me just kind of look at some questions that uh, we have kind of got here uh, that I haven't uh, mentioned. Uh, King Payne said, uh, uh, do you believe the St. Louis bullpen is suspect?
1: uh let me bring up the numbers you know it's it's we talked about this uh a couple of weeks ago now where it's the the cardinals have been a team that's a little out of sight out of mind kind of because there were so many games where they just weren't on slate because they have to think about them um look at the numbers overall for the cardinals bullpen i don't know if i'd necessarily call it suspect like they're pretty middle of the road they have a 4.09 era uh for as a bullpen for a team in 101 innings obviously the sample size because of the limited games is a little less than other teams i think they actually have the least amount of bullpen innings out of anybody in baseball Uh, but it's a pretty average middle of the road bullpen like i wouldn't call it a plus or negative it's it's pretty neutral
0: uh next up um gotta mention about the the good splits that upton and trout have against um um that that's definitely something to pay attention to there um
1: so one, one thing I'll say about that is, especially with a pitcher like McCullers, who's so much different now than he was in previous years, it's hard for me to really put too much into like BVP stats. But with that said, McCullers is much worse this year than he was in 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 previous years. So it's hard for me to say that this is necessarily a, a bad thing. Uh, if, if anything, though, I'd be interested in trout and not necessarily upton because upton's kind of sucked this year and he kind of seems like a guy who got his paycheck and is like hey cool i'm gonna play out this contract and then i'm done with baseball because <laughs> upton upton's at bats are um just kind of going through the motions at this point like he's been terrible this year so that's a little bit of a concern for me especially because he used to be really good uh, but i'll consider trout against anybody especially uh, lance mccullers who uh, is on is appears to potentially be on the decline this season
0: uh, Brian had mentioned about, uh, maybe a San Francisco stack.
1: Yeah. I, I just talked about him. I, I don't, I don't mind San Francisco, the diamondbacks. I mean, as long as we're talking about bullpens, uh, the diamondbacks bullpen is a 5.26 ERA this year, Taylor Clark's an opener. They're going to be going with a lot of long relievers behind, uh, behind him. And then also, like I said, the Oracle park, it, they move the fence in and it's not anywhere near the pitchers park. It used to be, I get the giants don't have a great offense, but they they have cheap prices and it looks to be a really favorable matchup. So I,
0: I like them. Yeah. Um, anything else that we haven't mentioned that uh, you wanted to get get out of here before we uh, wrap up the show?
1: Uh, I'm just going to look at the updated ownership projections for the offenses and see if there's anything that uh, really stands out. Um, I mean, we just mentioned the Giants only project for 3% ownership as a stack, so I think they make sense. There's really not one – Team that stands out as being chalky today. I think the ownership's gonna be pretty spread out. So with that said, play who you like, right? Like go through if you like. If if you if there's an offense you really like for any reason, I think you could play them without any concern of like, oh, all these batters are gonna be 30 plus percent owned because it's a fairly big slate. And we also have a split of pitchers where it's like you, you like an expensive offense, we've got cheap pitchers you like. If there's a cheap offense you like, there's expensive pitchers to like. So uh, especially at offense, I think you could kind of go wherever you want
0: to. Yeah, as I think about what I'm going to really pay attention to as we uh, you know lead up to to lock tonight, will be ownership uh, of some of these low price pitchers that we've talked about, Dunning, Kikuchi. Um, you know, where where do they end up? Where where's a, a Burns even at eight thousand? Where does he kind of end up at? That to me is what I'm going to be looking at as we kind of go throughout the day of to see where those numbers go. Yeah,
1: for sure. I think it's going to be hard to get leverage with offenses um, just because the ownership's pretty flat across the slate. But like Corbin Burns, we talked about earlier in the show, he's only projected for 3% ownership on DraftKings. If that holds through to Locke, then I, I think that's a guy you could really get to differentiate some lineups because that's a high upside pitcher who it looks like there's a chance nobody's going to roster.
0: Yeah, I'm with you there. Of course, uh, live before lock will be at 6:30 p.m. Eastern Time. today. I'll be joined by Jeff and Terry to get you to break down the slate as we go through there. Of course, Greg, uh, be sure to let everyone know anything Find out on social media, man.
1: Yeah, uh, G. DFS on uh, on Twitter, and yeah, that's about it. I'll be I'll be doing all kinds of other stuff today, and then we got football starting next
0: week. I know we're, we are six days away from the first game. I'm looking forward to it as uh, of course, uh, you know, then uh, next Sunday, first, first full slate of NFL action. So, uh, you know, I'll be in the booth. I'm, I'm, I'm ready for, for week one as uh the bucks will be uh will be in new orleans so looking forward to that uh, as the season is right here but uh, of course be sure to keep it locked here at osmo.com for all the coverage we have for you from all sporting angles and of course be sure to check us out later on today for MLB live before lock jordan you hit that music we'll get out of here for this edition of the MLB strategy show here on osmo.com